This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Average Savage podcast. Our special guest today is pro basketball player Jeff Adrian. Jeff, how's it going? Good, man. Just chilling up in uh, Nairia, Israel. Uh, grinding out every day, you know. Yeah. How are you? Good, good, good. Appreciate you coming on. No doubt. Anytime. So let's go uh, back in time. How how did you first get involved in basketball? My fifth grade teacher signed me up for recreation basketball in Brookline. And I've been playing pretty much organized basketball ever since then. You just fell in love with it? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> did you play any other sports growing up? Yeah, I played football, basketball, and baseball. A little bit of soccer. All right. What about what about in high, like which sports did you play in high school? High school, my freshman year, I played all three sports. I stopped playing football. My um, sophomore year, I played baseball and basketball. My junior year, I stopped playing baseball and I just played basketball. And then my senior year, I, c- I came back and I played football and, and basketball. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and I always ask people. This like because everyone has a different story. What, what was your recruiting process like? I know you went to a year of prep school too. It was cool. It was exciting actually. I remember getting letters and mm-hmm. um, at first it was like the letters was amazing to me. I thought it was one of the greatest things ever. And then as soon as I started going to these bigger tournaments, these like being on a Nike circuit and uh, seeing these coaches firsthand, and then actually getting the word of mouth, like word from like my AAU coach that this school has interest in that has interest in me and stuff like that, it became more like the letters were great, but like these verbal, mm-hmm. you know, these verbal words and these verbal talks with like my, you know, I knew my um, my AU coach wouldn't steer me wrong or anything like that. That was that was it right there. That that opened my mind up to, you know, believing that I could play high division one basketball. Yeah, do you remember what your like first letter or your first offer was? Um, I don't remember exactly. It could have been from maybe UNH University mm-hmm. of New, uh, New Hampshire. Yeah. There's a few New England New England schools. I remember uh, going to Providence basketball games, Providence College basketball games, then getting letters. Yeah. I was getting. I didn't. I didn't really get like letters, like saying, "Hey, we want to recruit." I was already talking to the coach, and I already knew yeah. like they wanted me. So, like the letters I would get was like more like, "Hey, it was nice talking to you the other day, such and such." We have, you know. Where, uh, where we, we want you here, um, you know, such and such like that. They'll probably send me some stats. Before I got, like, before I got, like, letters of, like, of, like, you know, like, handwritten letters, I was just getting, like, um, school information on the school and stuff like that. So at first it was probably just, like, the basic, like, hey, we have interest in you, and they probably send that to, like, a lot of kids and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would get, like... Uh, their information on who they play. Like, I remember UNH played, like, Florida that year, and I just seen that stat, and it was just trying to get me to, you know, obviously have some interest in them and say, like, hey, we do play high, you know, high schools, but I already knew in my mind that I wanted to play high schools every game. You know? yeah. So, um, I just, you know, I just believed, and eventually, like, I never got a le- I don't think I got a letter from UConn. I remember Coach Calhoun was there, and he was like, hey, we're going to offer you pretty much right there and then, like, and, I was, and that was it. Then, like, UCLA and all these other schools came. It was never like, hey, we're going to offer. It was never a letter yeah, saying, yeah. like, hey, we're offering you. It was more verbal and, yeah, okay. and all that. 
Gotcha. Yeah, I'm assuming it was way different back then. That, that was probably, what was that, right. like in 2005 ish? 2005, 2004, 2005. Yeah, I was yeah, in yeah. school for a year, but 2004, I was still getting letters. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So I'm saying it's probably like way different. Now. I mean, I know it's way different now. Like, you know, right, people right. are getting flooded. They just throw everybody a letter. I mean, and it's way easier to access players now. Right. So what was your, what was your ultimate? So how did yeah how did the UConn thing come about? You were at a, like a AAU tournament or something? Yeah, I was at the Peace Jam. I was Peace Jam in um in South Carolina. The Nike Circuit, and um, we played Team Texas first game of the of the tournament, and I just balled out that game. I had a great game. We won, and pretty much UConn offered me right there, not not face to face, but they was they talk, they was talking uh, to my coach at the time it was Leo Papil, and was like you know they had interest and pretty much we'll offer you. Leo was talking to me about some other stuff, and then you know I kept playing. They kept coming to the games, and they just liked the way I played and. They kept with it, and uh, I'm sure that's when I probably started getting. Well, it was in the summertime. I was mm-hmm. probably getting probably uh, the phone call or whatever it was, and um, other schools started uh, uh, calling. So I was having conversations with them, Arizona, UCLA, like I said, uh, Kansas, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. So all these schools was 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 coming at me during this uh, Peace Jam tournament back in the summer of uh, I want to say 2004. Gotcha, gotcha. And then what? And then what was your what was your ultimate decision to pick UConn? Then that summer I went on a um, since I reclassified I had uh, five mm-hmm. new official visits. Yeah. So I went to Pittsburgh and I went to UConn. Uh, I cut it down from Pittsburgh, UConn, and Kansas. And I, I took the visit to UConn. Obviously, it was kind of close. I took the visit to Pittsburgh, and after the Pittsburgh trip, I was like, mm. I was kind of tired too. I was like, you know what? I don't even think I need to go to Kansas because I was already on the road that whole summer. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, I don't think I need to go to Kansas. I like, I already have the feeling that, like, I know I have the feeling. I know where I want to go, and, and that was UConn. And then there was still some schools sending me letters, actually, but it was still like it wasn't it wasn't enough. A letter at the time wasn't enough. A phone call would have been better. Yeah. But um, you know, it was that that was pretty much it right there. And then that's how I knew that summer. Going into press school, I wanted to go to UConn. Gotcha, gotcha. And then overall, what what's your, what was your experience like at UConn? It was unbelievable. It was yeah. it was everything that I imagined. I remember uh, taking visits to like my uh, my senior year to like Wright State and like Nebraska schools like that, and I was just like you know I was I was amazed by them, like just by just their cop their life, their culture, and everything. And like they they impressed me. It was a good visits. But I knew, like, if I went to such and such school, I know it would be even better of experience, and it would be a lot closer to home. Yeah. And and UConn was just pretty much everything. It was like almost all those schools in one. So yeah, it made it made it easier. Obviously, it was UConn, but yeah. you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, I'm sure your family got to go to your games and stuff, right? Right. Right. Yeah. 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 And what did what did it mean to you to become uh, named captain of the team's uh, senior year? Yeah, it was cool. I mean, uh, it wasn't it was, like you know going into UConn. I never really thought about. It. I just thought about playing. Yeah. But since I was really one of the youngest players, and then all of a sudden I became one of the oldest players, like within a year, yeah. I really took notes. I really learned how to become a leader. How to become a, a you know a, a good student athlete. 
um, how to get stuff done at a high level, um, playing basketball and being a student. And from then on, I pretty much had to, you know, lead by example. Not every day, you know, not every day was, you know, the way you wanted to go, but mm-hmm. you still find ways to get stuff done and, and to pass it along. And, um, so pretty much from sophomore year to senior year, I had to, you know, reinvent certain things and and um and, and still remember things that the past had taught me. So like you know, it was great. It was it was a great experience. Uh, mm-hmm. on and off the court being a captain was a great experience. And especially on the court, like that was where, you know, natural abilities, natural stuff came to effect. Mm-hmm. You know, just uh, you know, being leading by example in the weight room. If we had to do sprints, you know, just being out there and uh, with the guys and, you know, running with them, trying to finish first or whatever, pushing guys, you know, whatever it is, whatever the case was, you know, I, like, you know, I, I found a way to get it done and, and to help others. Yeah. I think that's what, uh, you know, I've learned. That's what I learned from the past guys before me. And, mm-hmm. and I was glad to, you know, pass it along. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was looking at the rosters and, it was like your your freshman year, like I think it was like mostly like a lot of juniors and seniors, and like you know that left for the NBA and stuff. And then I think I think your, I want to say your sophomore and junior year, you guys had no seniors. We had no seniors, right? Yeah. We didn't have a senior. There was some older guys. There was yeah. uh, the walk-ons. Yeah, I can't say I did it all by myself, but there yeah, was yeah. still walk-ons. You know, there was uh, Craig Austry still there. There was Marcus Johnson. You know, there were still guys that 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 helped that we all grew together mm-hmm. and helped grow. You know, other guys that came on after us. Gotcha. And then going into like the NBA draft, uh, two thousand nine. What were your expectations and uh, like what kind of um, training did you go through? Well, okay, I went to. My expectation was obviously to get drafted. That's that's yeah. all our expectations was at UConn was mm-hmm. basically, you know, and you're a student athlete, you know, you play basketball, you know, you do well in school and hopefully go play professional basketball at the highest level or, you know, overseas like I'm doing now, which is nothing wrong with that. So at the time, probably thinking like, you know, I want to get drafted, probably doesn't matter where. I probably felt like I earned to get drafted, but uh, but but you know, sitting back now, it's not always about what you feel or, or what you thought you earned. Mm-hmm. It's really, I guess, the way the ball bounced, you know. So um, I look back at it. My senior year, after the Final Four, uh, I went to train actually um, out west with a couple other college guys, and um, you know, my my um, draft my draft workouts, all that started and um it was different because um the game was different you know it wasn't college basketball there's a lane there's three seconds there's all these things you got to learn you know me being on the sides i had to understand the game even more where like where i had to find my spots and learn my spots and, and had to develop you know certain uh more of a uh a game i had to develop a game besides just trying to bully people or whatever i was doing in college right. you know it wasn't all about that so um I went out there and I trained with guys. There's some uh, sand workouts, sand dune workouts, individual basketball skill work. Then I went to uh, all these uh, um, workouts. I went to a lot of workouts. I didn't go to um, forget that camp in uh, in, in Virginia, mm-hmm. but I didn't go to that. I went to the combine. I got invited to the combine. Did the draft. Did all those tests. 
you know, I had pretty good workouts, mm-hmm. but you know, obviously, you know, like I, like I, you know, the ball didn't bounce the way it bounced that day. Mm-hmm. Everything happens for a reason. I still found a way to make it. Yeah. And um, sure. yeah. Yeah. So did that being undrafted did that did that fuel your fire? Uh, yeah, definitely. At the time, yeah, like yeah. you know, I, it, it had to because me growing up watching pretty much NBA basketball, like every every night, Celtics especially, uh, with Ray Allen being on the team, and just before that, like watching the Bulls growing up and mm-hmm. the Lakers and all you know, just all these teams, like just you know, just watching basketball, it's just obviously the thing to do if you if you play basketball. Like Europe style of play was not on TV as much, yeah. you know, so it wasn't too intriguing to me. I, it never was not like you know in my like picture, you know. What I mean, it was not like something like I like I didn't want to do. Obviously, I did it um, right after college, and even that helped me learn to help me make it to the NBA, help me make the um, Golden State Warriors. So all that stuff was all like you know, learn like learning and, and, and learning the game was all a process. And it all, to me, I benefited from it. I definitely um, Mm -hmm. learned from every second. I grew, I became better. I started understanding my skill. And like I said, it helped me make it to the highest level of basketball. Yeah, definitely. So your first first season, you went over to Spain. Um, So what what was that like, just going overseas? Well, that was different. That's when I, like, that's the first time me leaving the country, like, by myself, not as a baby, <laughs> right? This yeah. is like this is totally different. I'm going to Spain, um, like it's like I'm I'm away from my mom now. I'm more than an hour and a half away from my mom, yeah. you know. That was just a completely different thing. Something I'm like, you know, I knew some teams had like advised me, like like I can remember like the Spurs and mm-hmm. the Celtics. Spurs would say, "Hey, you know, get a passport." Celtics was like, hey, we would draft you, but we're gonna keep you overseas. So yeah. there were certain things that, like, there was there was hints, there was um, there's definitely people looking out and pretty much letting me know, like, hey, get ready, like it's never over, you know, yeah. but get ready to go play basketball somewhere else. And um, that's what happened. So reality, I had to face reality. I went over there, and um, I played pretty well. Like, you know, it wasn't it wasn't like college. Mm-hmm. You know, when I first got out there, I felt like. Like, it was simple. Like, it, it could have been close to college, but it wasn't. It was totally different. The lane was a trapezoid lane, I think, at the time. Or it was it, either either way, it was a trapezoid lane or it was a wider lane. So the, my post-up game was a little different. I had to adjust to that. Mm-hmm. I had to adjust to the travel, um, slowing down my first step a little bit just to, you know, not travel. All that stuff was a, was a learned experience, and... At the same time, I was playing for money, so yeah. like um, it was my first time doing all that. Yeah, yeah, um, sure. We had a pretty good year. We went to the playoffs, but I knew during the time like I wanted to be back home. Like, yeah. I was still staying up, watching NBA games and and all that. And I knew like the next season, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna stay over there. You know, if I had to go to the D League, I'm gonna do that. And you know, that's what pretty much happened. I yeah. made it. I got cut. I went to the D League and I made it again. And um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So going, yeah. So going into that year, what, what was the what was your first NBA game like? I know you signed with the Warriors. First NBA game we played. We played the Lakers, 
and I want to say it was on Halloween or yeah, I think it was. Yep. Yeah, it was on Halloween. I wore orange sneakers. <laughs> um, you know. Um, oh, were they still wearing the? Yeah, they were. You you had the, yeah, the old jerseys on the navy ones, right? No, I still have, we they still they still have the blue, uh, blue kind of that the it kind, they kind of switched it up this year, but it was still like that. My, my oh, yeah, yeah, still yeah, like the royal that. blue. The the royal blue yeah, with the yellow and stuff like that, the bridge and all that. So it was it was a Halloween game. It was on the road, you know. It was no 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 no. Actually, my first game was against Houston. Actually, that was my first road game. My bad. Yeah. First road game, they introduced me. They did all that. Like you know, I came down from the bleachers. I had no idea I was gonna play. Coach, coach called my number. Coach Smart called me, and I played that game. And I was real nervous. I remember <laughs> I was nervous. <laughs> but um, you know, I, I don't think I played bad. I don't think I did. Any, I don't think I did anything special that night. But most likely, I probably you know made a presence. I probably did something, you know, mm-hmm. um, to obviously to, to stay around for a little bit. And eventually, I stayed for a little bit that um, during that time. Due to injury, I think that's the reason why I got cut the first time mm-hmm. um, from from uh, Golden State. I don't, if that didn't happen, I don't think I think I was still would have been there probably the whole entire year. But um, you know, things happen. Yeah. But um, yeah, I remember playing Houston. Eventually, then Houston was the next team I played for. So yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. ironic, huh? And then yeah, then the following year there there was a lockout, so you went you went to Italy and then you came back and then you were on the Rockets. So right. that, that must have been another crazy year because you were back and forth. Uninten- yeah, that, was, unintentional. that definitely was. That definitely was. But I I definitely had you know good guys around. Yeah. I had a, a a good vet in Brian Scalabrini out there in Italy playing with us, playing with me, Etoine Moore that's still in the league, mm-hmm. Alex Gentile that that made a run. That's you know he's pretty popular in Europe. And uh, Monty Yunus that ended up playing in Houston too, um, so I was still you know young at the time, mm-hmm. and uh, Brian was there and he would you know keep me you know level headed because well obviously there was no NBA at the time mm-hmm. but I knew the game was totally different and he knew the game was totally different so mm-hmm. the coach the coach you know was a little different he was he was real tough Georgievich which you know now I look back at it I was like wow he was he's a great coach now I look back at his success. From then until now, has been you know very good, like top in Europe. And, um, you know, I'm very lucky. I got co- I coached. I got I got to be coached by him, mm-hmm. and um, he definitely you know he pushed us. He pushed us. We it was a good team. We we definitely had to um, you know be pushed. We was young. We was good. We had talent. He definitely you know we wasn't there too long, but mm-hmm. there was a point where. Close to where the 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 lockout ended, we started putting a lot of things together, and it was kind of too late. And I was like the last one to be, like you know, to go back. Mm-hmm. Like each one went back, Brian went back, and then I went back, back to the league to the NBA. While while Gal Gal McHale, he he ended up playing for Dallas eventually. While they stayed, and you know had to you know play basketball without us, without you know. Mm-hmm guys that's playing at the highest level. Gentile eventually went to Milan. And so the team was definitely, you know, different. It was a whole different team. But you could tell that uh, we had talent. Like, all those guys, like five guys, five or six guys from that team played NBA basketball. So that was definitely a great experience. Then I went to Houston, Mm -hmm. and um, that that was an experience of its own. 
the whole style, the whole mm-hmm. everything of of it was you know a learning experience of it. Uh, it was a learn. It was a great learning experience. Yeah. Um, you know, this is the nature of the game. So, you know, I got cut again, and, yeah. and you know, I wasn't. I didn't think I, I should have got cut, but you know, it is what it is. And I went back to I went back overseas to Europe. I went to Kimki and played basketball again. Went to the finals. Went to the Russian the Russian League finals. We lost to Cheska. That was it. And there was a few years after that, I went back to NBA and I stayed for a little bit longer. And yeah. I don't think I got cut or anything. You're with and, the Bobcats, you know, right? Right. Same with the Bobcats. What, what was and, that? What um, was that like playing with Kemba again? It was cool, man. It was it was definitely uh, great. You know. Like playing with him, knowing his work ethic, knowing my work ethic, and and helping him obviously because I've obviously was in the league before, mm-hmm. helping him you know grow and become you know a player that he needs to be, and now who he is now, definitely you know, you know I enjoyed all that. I enjoyed you know being mm-hmm. around all the the younger guys at the time, and um, you know doing things that we weren't supposed to be doing. Like we be we went into Chicago and. Uh, in, in New in, in New Year's and and we won a road game after losing like seventeen straight. Mm-hmm. That was my first year in the Bobcats. Like that was great. That was fun right there. We had a lot of fun time. We you know obviously wasn't gonna make the playoffs, but we knew that like you know at any given day if we came together we could really you know make some noise and beat a team and beat decent team, beat very good teams I should say. Yeah. But at the time the Bulls was probably number one seed in the in the East or so close to it. And we beat them at their crib, and you know, that was real memorable. My my, my first year and, um, with the Bobcats. Gotcha, gotcha. And, yeah, then, and, then you, then you went on. You got you actually got traded the following year from the Bobcats. So what was that like getting traded? That was different because now we're that we're the team that's like we're like six or seven the AC now, yeah, yeah. and I'm part of a team that like I know my role now. I know when certain players go down or whatever get hurt. I know I'm gonna be ready, and the coach is gonna play me this amount of minutes, and I already know what to expect. So now I feel, you know, I feel better about myself. I feel more confident. I know I'm gonna fill in the role, and uh, we're gonna win. A lot of the times, we won a lot of games. And, you know, I got traded. They kept playing well. They made the playoffs, so I felt like I still made the playoffs. But at the same time, like I know that, like I got a chance to expand my game. I got a chance to show my game where. I wasn't playing like you know just 15 minutes. Now I'm playing like you know 20, 25, you know 15, 20, 25. Obviously, I earned the minutes to finish out the year to play 30 games with the Bucks, mm-hmm. and actually play pretty much all 30 games and play well and you know do things that I'm sure nobody ever expected to me to do mm-hmm. was great. Like you know even though I got traded from uh, from Charlotte. And everything they they went on had they went on went to the playoffs. I went on and played great basketball, probably probably the best basketball I ever played in my life. Mm-hmm. And so you know, at that time, like both teams, for me, I should say both parties won. Like I didn't end up signing with the Bucks, but you know, I helped Giannis grow. I feel like you know mm-hmm. now he's obviously MVP. So I play. I'm playing with Giannis. Like help Chris grow. Brandon Knight. You know, those guys, like, you know, those 30 games, like, we built something, and I helped build something, and now you, you're watching it now. You're yeah. watching Ilya Sova play basketball with them. There's still a lot of those guys on the team, 
and you know you see how great they are now and i felt like i i was a part of that also yeah yeah for sure and then then you're following you you play for the timberwolves and i know uh, kevin garnett was on there so what was that like well kg came on after i left i got cut oh. Um, oh, dang. but um but me watching kg like throughout like hey, my high school career i mean excuse me my college career and and a little bit obviously in my um professional career like he always motivated me, even though like I've never I've really I played against him. Mm-hmm. I never I met him maybe once, but just his intensity, his his desire of playing like defense, with him him wanting to be like the anchor. He he didn't think about scoring like that. He knew his role. He knew what it took to be great and help the Celtics win a championship. Mm-hmm. And I always admired that. I always you know enjoyed watching him do that, be a defensive anchor for the Celtics at the time. And, um, you know, I felt like I carried that, like, with me without him even knowing it. I felt like I was just maybe, you know, you could call me a smaller KG, not as tall as him, <laughs> not as big as him, but his intensity defensively, like his talk, his, his, his communication on the court, his leadership, yeah. I took a lot of notes. Like I took a lot of notes, and also had Ray Allen that would come in and, like, you know, at, at UConn, mm-hmm. and you know, tell us like how vocal KG is and such and such. And he would, he would also, he would pass it to Hashim and also pass it to me, obviously. And you know, like I, I took notes. I, I paid attention to that when he was talking, when, when he would talk to us about stuff, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, I didn't play with KG. I played against him. Did he, did he talk trash to you? <laughs> nah, I think I think because I don't. Yeah, he didn't talk trash to me. I don't know why. It doesn't you know? So I guess it is what it is. You know, yeah. but no, it wasn't. It wasn't like that with me and KG. <laughs> <laughs> and then I know the last three years you've been killing it over in Israel. You've been all star three years in a row. So what, what's that been? What's it been like in Israel? Well, like the first two years has been. Um, I should say the first year was, you know, was great. You know, we did a lot of things. Uh, a lot of great things, got a lot of wins, got a lot of uh, European wins, uh, made all-star, you know. We was winning, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the, the next year was more like, it was more, we didn't win as much, but personally, like, I, I played great basketball again. I scored at, you know, I scored at a pretty great rate, uh, rebounded at a pretty good uh, rate, you know, I defended, did all that in a pretty good way. We, it just didn't translate to, to winning. Yeah. And, and then the last year, like, you know, I, I know you mentioned, you know, all-star three years in a, in, in, a, in a row. It's, the last year, it was cool. It's cool always to be an all-star, but it's also better to win. Like, yeah. I know I probably would have felt better to, to win and be an all-star. Like, you yeah. know, like, it just, it just feels better. Like, my second year, I know there was the effort like I got, I ended up getting Player of the Month, so I, that's why like my second, my my second year wasn't like, it's like you know I still hold my, I still think I deserve to be an All Star. I'm not saying last year I didn't deserve to be one, but like we didn't win like we should have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not the same like my first or second year. It's 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 been cool. Like I'm playing basketball, you know, you know I'm playing. <laughs> Like that's all I really wanted to do was play basketball at a professional high level, yeah. um, compete. Um, yeah, like. gotcha. All right, I got a few more, and then I'll let you go. Um, 
What, what advice would you give a young basketball player trying to get a D1 scholarship or trying to go pro? Um, D1 scholarship trying to go pro. Out of high school trying to go pro? Uh, no, I mean, like, you know, or, or getting a, trying to get a D1 scholarship or, like, a player, like, going from college to pro. I would tell them, I would tell them to, um, like, my college coach used to tell me to get my work done early. Mm-hmm. Meaning, like, if you put in the work, if you, if you do what you need to do, everything else is out your hands, you know? You can't really worry about what you can't control. So if you know you put in the work, if you know you ran that extra mile, you've already did it, you did it early, you got up early, and you you got your extra shots, there's nothing to worry about. There's nothing to panic about. There's a lot of things that certain players, well, majority of a lot of players don't, can't control. And, um, you know, at a young age, nobody was really there to, to, like, you know, let me know, like, the politics of the game. So now I know, like, a little bit more of it. Mm -hmm. But for guys that's coming into the game, I would I would tell them not to worry, not to think too deeply about um, you know, am I gonna get this scholarship, or or am I gonna get drafted, or or am I gonna get this, or am I, or am I gonna sign this contract overseas? Mm-hmm. All that stuff's out out of your hands. You know, if you know you put in the work and you put you put the time in, you have nothing to worry about because somebody's always watching. You know. Especially now with social media. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So last ones. I got some fun ones. They're going to go from average to savage. You ready? Average to savage? Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, what's, your, what's, your, what's your favorite song right now? Average to savage. My favorite song right now. <laughs> Let me see what I'm listening to one quick. One second. My phone's actually, my phone's real low. Um, I got a few songs, man. The West. King Combs, I listen to that, you know, real, real laid back mellow jam right now. Um, That's, what, what do you listen to like before the game? Sometimes I don't listen. Some days it, it varies. Some days, some days it varies. I don't I'm always listen to music at the time. Right. Um, uh, crazy story, King Vaughn. You know. All right, I gotta check these out. <laughs> now, what, what about why? Why do you wear number four? There's a few reasons. I'm gonna give you a couple. I remember growing up. Growing up, um, my high school number is really 31, and um, you could almost say it's retired. It was, mm-hmm. it was really like you know, real special times. Um, you know, I did what I I did a lot of special things with that number. So I, you know, it's kind of hard to repeat it. But um, so I kind of haven't worn it since. But I knew. Four would be something I would like, and I think I'm still finding out the meanings of why I like four still to this day. And I think one of the reasons why I remember watching um, Chris Porter and Kenya Martin back in the day, and they both were number four in uh, college basketball. And um, you know, I like I like the way the number looked. You know, the the whole you know, just everything about it, just mm-hmm. single digit number. It, felt, it, it was sleek. It was nice, and to me, it fit me. And um, so those those two reasons right there. I remember um, the challenge when I got to UConn, when Coach Moore told me 
But when I told him I wanted to wear four, he told me, you know who wore this number? I was like, yeah, Ben Gordon. He's like, you know, that's big shoes to fill. To me, that was a challenge right there. Yeah. He challenged me there. He challenged me there, you know, to obviously keep the number going, keep it, you know, doing what it's supposed to be doing, like like BG did uh, right before I got there, mm. right before um, right before me. So that was another challenge. And then through life, there was just all these other meanings, more meanings that just kept coming to me to why, you know, I chose a number. And I think to this day, I'm still finding out more meanings more reasons why yeah. you know I like four yeah it's crazy that's crazy yeah. gotcha and then what, last one what do you like to do when you're not playing basketball what do you like to do in your free time uh I, I, I brainstorm a lot I think I, well I know I brainstorm a lot I like to come up with new ideas I chill I shop online a little bit um you play any video uh, games? Play video games. Yeah, yeah play video games. Um, play Madden, 2K, uh, Spider Man. Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, I do. I do a little bit of everything. You know, yeah. sometimes I go to Top Golf, swing in between, work on my golf game. You know, yeah. I don't think I'm there yet. I think I'm still young. I don't <laughs> think I need to play golf yet. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, just you know, this not too, not too thing, not too things out of the ordinary you know yeah, not yeah. nothing like you know outlandish or anything like that it's just yeah. you know i probably brainstorm a lot gotcha well i appreciate you coming on and uh could you let the people know where they can follow you on social media yeah you can follow me at um the re- the underscore reason with the four h-e underscore r e the number four s zero n and you can follow me <laughs> <laughs> All right, again, appreciate you coming on. I uh, no doubt. I appreciate you, Paul.